0: to dissecting philosophy with dr mcdonald in this episode we'll be rounding off our discussion of albert camus the plague going in to discuss part five so what we'll be doing as we like to do is give this time a very brief recap of the story and then just touching upon a very brief recap of the philosophy. Then we'll get into the general overview of part five. And then, as we did with the last episode, we'll be touching upon some of the topics that's covered through the characters in part five. And the first one we'll be going back to look at is Cottard our good smuggler and the question what is a normal life then going into our romantic journalist Raymond Rambert dealing with the topic of our ideas of loved ones and then rounding off with our main protagonist Dr. Ryu and his discussion of memorials so, let's get started into our brief story recap then. So, part one, we had the death of rats. Suddenly then, the strange phenomena stops all of a sudden. And then Dr. Ryu realizes that it's the plank. So, we start off the story with the whole rat incident. And people having all these very strange symptoms. Then it's suddenly the plague part two following that we have the town quarantined the local priest father panelo gives a speech saying that the plague is a form of divine retribution sorting the wheat from the chaff people in town after this speech then become aware of the horror of their situation because in part one it's sort of much like the whole idea of the daily routine and being stuck to the daily routine ultimately blinded the townspeople from the horror of their situation and it's after that speech then people in the town start to become aware precisely of their situation and the fact that they're dealing with a horrible pandemic on their hands then we go into part three with the areas of the towns blockaded and put into lockdown for particularly bad areas of infection then we also learn about burials that the town cemeteries then fill up with bodies and that the hospital nurses and grave diggers are constantly dying and that the people taking their place are those people that are temporarily unemployed from those people that have been out of work because their place of work itself has been closed as it's not an essential workplace and so we just have that whole sense of everything escalating the body count just getting higher and higher And then in part four we learned that infections in the town have plateaued so finally things are starting to calm down. New serum being administered has some success in allowing people to fight the plague longer than usual as well as we learned that there's difficulty in getting food supplies because of the difficulty of vans getting in the town in the first place. And so from part four it rounds off with a character that we've not discussed but he only really turns up every so often and is accompanied by dr rio and has a chat with him and that is the character of joseph grand who is the person that sorts out the statistics and figures for what's going on for the infections as well as doing administration work at the hotel in which jean tarot is working so then we have the whole character there for part four joseph grant he gets infected but he survives and so we have that sort of character act as a glimmer of hope like oh suddenly here we have a little glimmer of hope because somebody's caught the plague and managed to overcome it and so that then will lead us nicely into the story for part five where we're going to continue on this building towards a overcoming of the plague itself but before we get into that let's have the very brief philosophy recap so part one was the topic of the existential crisis the crisis of meaning precisely that thing that challenges that daily routine throws it all up in the air makes us call things into question makes us call precisely that routine into question and all of this is great example in which we've seen dr rio himself call everything into question once he realized it was the plague no longer could he continue on as he was doing for his doctor's rounds he had to take action he had to do something in order to fight it otherwise half the town would die of the plague then in part two we had that wonderful discussion of the psychology of lockdown as well as that whole discussion of the prisoners mentality and realizing the horror of their situation it's that whole psychology of feeling like a prisoner serving a life sentence as well as we touched upon the ethics of decency and that whole aspect of what is a great thing to do is for everybody to do decent job ties back into dr rio again the fact that he's going out there risking his life and seeking to heal people is always a great fantastic decent thing to do but also what's fantastic about it is that it challenges the traditional sort of ethical models in which one particular person or one particular ideal is held above everything else as we touched upon in that episode what it allows for is a much more General view, let's say, and much more broad stroke in the sense that it can apply to much greater majority of people because it also allows for those people that are unsung heroes in the sense of your postal workers as we touched upon there as well as your supermarket workers especially in the sense of a pandemic making sure that all the food's stocked up every single day as well as all those delivery drivers delivering parcels it's all a fantastic thing because they're all doing a decent job then we come into part three and then starting to touch upon the problems that's tied in with this whole ethics of decency is that Whole doing your job robotically and having no emotion about it whatsoever. So then it touched upon that idea of the horror of banality, and that tied in nicely with the discussion of the cemeteries as well as the way in which bodies were being treated not as people who had a life but rather just as a thing and really nice tie-in to the discussion of that for Hannah Arendt and her whole discussion about the banality of evil and then we get into part four where we touched upon various different forks in the road that is to say we had a discussion about a focus on either the present or future with Cotard in which we then said well focus upon the present as what Cottard argues is that it allows us to enjoy the here and now and not put all our pleasure into a future so also we have that sense of being more realistic as well and trying to fight against idealistic and unrealistic things to go for in the future setting the bar too high for yourself and then we had also nice discussion of utilitarianism that's fit into Ranbert and this whole reason for staying in the town and not going to see his girlfriend or I actually need to correct myself I've been saying it's his girlfriend the entire time but as we learn in part five in fact it was his wife so they have that whole sense and there that nice little correction but you just have that whole idea of Rambert just desperately trying to escape he then makes all those underground contacts and so forth he's ready to go he's ready to get out and then suddenly here's that change of heart takes the very utilitarian approach can't be happy just by himself if everyone else is miserable as he says so then we go into the theological discussion which was with father panelo in his second speech and it was all dealing with the problem of god and suffering and exactly how can you get around the idea of suffering especially when we're dealing with the horrific idea of something like a child suffering how can god allow for that and we had a nice discussion there and grounding off as well we had the nice discussion about the death penalty with jean tarot our tourist who's living in the hotel in the town so we touched upon a lot of nice different topics we've touched upon the existential crisis the psychology of a prisoner's mentality, ethics of decency, problems with that ethics of decency and then various different topics covered in part four. Ethical dealing with utilitarianism as well as the death penalty and then as well a theological problem. So overall we've touched a lot of nice different topics as we've went through so let's go in now to our sort of general overview of what happens in part five story-wise so with part five then it starts off letting us know that there is a sudden decline in the infection rates the numbers eventually drop so low that it was announced that the pandemic was under control the new serum was more successful in fighting the plague and doctor's techniques that not previously had any effect were suddenly having beneficial effects people started smiling again, food prices mysteriously dropped, and there was new escape attempts made when the statistics were most favorable. Those separated from loved ones panicked as they thought they might die before they can see them again, and a small percentage of people were still suffering in hospitals with the plague, and their families shared their pain. After two weeks of the number of infections still being low they open the town gates and people are reunited with their families and the book really rounds off with a big town celebration being held with everybody celebrating the fact that the plague has finally went away so overall feel good sort of moment after part five after all this bleakness and death and misery and so on everything really just ends up being happy end and everybody having a joyous celebration and so we could really just sort of relate this into the wartime context in which it's written of course we have world war Two itself within the whole period in which it's written as well as you have the nazi occupation of france at the same time and so you have this whole sense of a metaphor of the plague really being like this whole bleak situation of war itself nazi occupation of france as all this misery is sort of put upon the country and then once the war ends you have all this joyous celebration v-day celebrations as they say and everybody's suddenly joyous and happy that the war has ended and here we can just have that nice comparison between the end of the war as well as the end of the plague itself in the book so here we have then just the nice wrapping up overall wise of the story that we have the decline in infections reaches that such rock bottom rates it goes more or less away completely and everybody is able to celebrate the fact that it's gone and then after that return back into their lives as they lived it before and really this is one of the sort of interesting key questions that hangs over part five as a chapter is really that whole sense of trying to return back to a normal life again what exactly is that what is a normal life and we get this through a discussion that Cottard has with Jean Tarot so let's go and find out then build upon this whole discussion in a little bit of a deeper way and find out what's happened to Cottard in part five so let's find out what happens to him he's panicked by the news that the number of infections are an all-time low and the authorities plan to open the gates he hides himself in his apartment and only appears at night to buy essential goods so Cotard is a good smuggler as a character he's committed a crime in the past incredibly panicked before the plague gone and be worrying about the fact that every single person he's potentially talking to is a police officer has that immense level of paranoia when the plague hits immense relief happens because the police are no longer doing the work anymore and so are no longer looking for him and he has really that sense of absolute joy in the situation from the whole sense of that loss of anxiety as well as the whole sense of making a lot of money from being a good smuggler and then for Cottard, you can just imagine him as the character suddenly you have all the plague gone and starting to diminish infection numbers and so on what would he ultimately be like he returns back into that incredibly panicked individual again and shuts himself away and then we learn that he actually does become social again and he asks Dr. Rio if they can be certain that the plague is diminishing and lowering in numbers and Rio replies back to them that we can't be completely certain that will be completely gone and whilst he's having a conversation with jean tarot who's our nice tourist character in the story a couple of well-dressed men ask cottard to confirm his identity and then he runs off into the night in a panic and then as it rounds off on part five we actually learn that Cotard has ended up in a dramatic police shootout from his apartment window and the police end up capturing and arresting him. So he is an incredibly dramatic end to his whole story for Cotard. But as we go into the overall deep question that he has with and discussion with Jean Tarot, what do you call a return to normal life and i thought this was such a good discussion to come to especially in our contemporary situation for covid19 because there is going to be that sense of well how do you return back and what exactly does this mean especially since now that vaccines are coming out and that eventually at least by next summer The majority of it's hopefully going to be eradicated fingers crossed or at least let's say by the end of next year it'll not be in anywhere near a bad situation that it should be compared to this year because of all the vaccinations so therefore that whole question of how do we turn back to normal is a really great one for precisely our contemporary situation And that's the discussion which Cotard has with John Tarot. As it says here, What do you call a return to normal life? New films in the cinema, Tarot said with a smile. But Cotard was not smiling. He wanted to know if one could imagine that the plague might change nothing in the town and everything would begin as before. That is to say, as though nothing had happened. And that, in a sense, nothing would have changed but in another sense one cannot forget everything with the best will in the world so the plague would leave its mark at least on people's hearts the little man stated quite openly that he was not interested in the heart and indeed that the heart was the last thing he was worried about what did interest him was to know if the whole administration would be transformed and if for example all departments would be operating as in the past Tarot had to admit he had no idea and as it says there, rounding off that little bit Tarot says that the buildings would have a host of new problems arising making necessary at least a reorganization of the old administration and so we have this nice discussion between Cotard and Tarot in which then you have that really nice immediate sense of well what is a return back to normal it is something as simple as what Tarot says new films in the cinema and you can see exactly what he means when's the last time that most people have went to go watch a movie at the cinema or the fact of how much actual new movies have been produced and as you can tell i do like watching films quite frequently and i was on the lookout for watching some good ones and it's always in the point of the fact that there's been no really any new films at the pictures all leads to that dismay at present in which you're just desperate to watch a nice thing that'll keep you entertained for a little short period of time and so you just end up going watching the old films and go back over things you've already seen whereas it's nice at the same time to want to have something new like what taro says to go and watch so i do like that initial answer of what is a return back to normal just a nice film to go watch something that we couldn't do in the past and then we have Cotard's reply back to that of course we can see what exactly he means when he's saying about is the administration going to be starting back up again he's thinking immediately of his own situation panicked in the sense of "Uh uh-oh here the police is going to be starting back up again and then how is that going to work and are they going to find out exactly what i've done and so you can see exactly how his mind's thinking there as a character and then we have of course tarot's reply back to that to say well we don't know exactly how all the administration work and so forth is going to happen and start back up again but there's going to have to be some sort of sense of a reorganization at work and of course we had that in the sense of coming out of lockdown when you had various different things in place such as the plastic purse backs as it's called just these plastic screens that are put in front of tills as well as you can just imagine various different other things that potentially will be going on in the future until a vaccine is fully administrated out to everybody that all those little differences that will still have to be put in place just like what Taro is saying things are going to have to work differently at least for a while until everything's fully gone away for in terms of the plague, and as well as terms of the pandemic and contemporary society but here we also get touched upon the nice deeper points as well as it rounds off their sort of discussion before they bump into the two well-dressed men like they were civil servants as it says as Cotard then says that's possible everyone will have to start again and then it says he imagined the town starting to live again from zero and wiping out its past good said tarot after all things may work out for you too in a sense it's a new life starting and then kotar replies back starting again from nothing that would be good and so here we get onto really the deeper points in which you can say, well, here you've had a situation in which routine has been shooken up, make people exactly think deeply about their daily routine, think more deeply about their lives. And what is coming out of all this allow for that process of deep reflection, but also a chance to wipe out the past and start again from scratch and you have that of course within events within people's lives that whole sense of i'm not doing what i want to do for a job let's say and then they suddenly wipe out what they've done in the past and decide to pursue whatever goal it is that they wanted to do for a job let's say and that's one good example and here in the context of course is that it's for Cotard to wipe out his criminal past in order for him to start from scratch and it goes back into those points again that whole sense of an arrest is not an end but rather a beginning that whole process of reflecting upon one's life and thinking about how you could do things differently in the future for Cottard himself as he said previously that we have Cotard really come to those points of existential crisis reflection as well as wanting to start over again so overall then we can say what is a return to normal we have the nice immediacy of it we have new films at the cinema we have that sort of return back into everyday sort of things and everyday routines allowing ourselves to enjoy all those things in a normal sense that we couldn't do so before and one other reply back to that in a nice way would be just go into the supermarket without having to queue up to go in without having to book a time to go into the supermarket and just another example is something is easy enough is not wearing masks whatsoever that would be a nice return back to a normal life then we can say building upon that We're going to know that various different administrations as well as jobs and so on are all going to have to work slightly a bit differently adhere adjusting to the whole situation as well as a good example is that's transformed how people work is of course this whole sense of working at home in contrast to always being at a place of work and therefore that's one aspect in which people will have the option potentially for some jobs to allow them to work from home going on forward so that's again a nice example of how you can have a structural change within a job place and job situation as well as then allowing on for those deeper points allowing for us to return to a sense of normality is again that whole sense of challenging our sense of normality then in order to try and pursue exactly what we'd like and starting over from scratch as it says there and one thing of course we didn't touch upon there is the the line the plague would leave its mark at least on people's hearts so this is a really interesting line i think because it's saying here that even if people try to put it out of their minds completely and let's use this in the contemporary context as well once the COVID-19 pandemic is finished and the situation is no longer in the current present situation then of course you'll have that whole return back into a normal life in quotation marks and so really it goes into say well you go and return back into all those things that you used to do and so then you go well if you try to block it out from happening completely you can't completely do it because it'll leave its mark on your heart as it says there'll be that sort of unconscious psychological relation back into it as well as that sort of psychological emotional level of what's happened as well it'll leave its mark in some way upon everybody's lives and it's because it's been such a horrific event that it cannot not touch someone's life. Just in a comparable example again of World War II, in which it's written, horrible event in which it can exactly say, comparable there, left a mark on everybody's lives. Same thing for the pandemics, going to leave a mark on everybody's lives. And so, moving on from the discussion with... Cottard and Jean Tarot going into our nice romantic man, Raymond Rambert, who is finally reunited with his wife. And really, for story wise, there's nothing really deeper that happens with Raymond Rambert. He's just nicely reunited at the train station with his wife who receives word precisely that the gates are going to open and then it says that she does anything that she can to get there for when the gates are going to open and you have that lovely wonderful moment on which she comes out of the train and goes straight into his arms and in which Raymond Rambert didn't even have the chance to look for her she just immediately grabs onto him and holds him so we have that fantastically romantic image there of Rambert and his wife embracing and holding each other after having been separated for so many months so what's nice to touch upon on a deeper sense here is this whole sort of idea of another person that sort of is drawn out a bit here in Rambert's reuniting with his wife. So, as it says here, Rambert was waiting in fear and trembling to confront this love or affection that the months of plague had reduced to an abstraction to confront it with a flesh and blood being who had been his support through that time. He would again have to become the man who he was at the start of the pandemic, but he knew this was not possible. He had changed. The plague had introduced into him a detachment that he tried with all his strength to deny, but which nonetheless endured in him happiness arrived at full speed events overtook expectations rambert realized that everything would be given back to him in a single moment and that joy is a searing emotion that cannot be savored i think that line is absolutely amazing joy is a searing emotion that cannot be savored so let's talk about exactly rambert so First of all, we have this whole idea of the loved one and his wife reduced to an abstraction. Why has this happened? Because he's been separated out from her. And what would happen, of course, you only have limited contact. In this case, through telegrams of all things. So you're limited to 10 words in which you can say to another person and then they can say things back to you and so incredibly limited contact and in which you then start to have this sort of idealistic image of the other person that's created by you in which you then have of the other person and so a good example in which this ideal person is like at least in the romantic sense is through that whole initial sense of trying to find someone to date because when you're in that whole dating phase you can have this whole sort of idealistic person of who you'd like to date let's say somebody has particular preference for what color hair they have so blonde brunette redhead so on and then that all feeds into that ideal image then we go back into our situation with Rambert and the other people who separated from loved ones they are gonna create this sort of idealistic image of what they have thought up in their own minds for this other person then you can build upon that in the sense of within relationships as well you can build up this idealistic expectations that you have of the other person and sort of ideal image that's built up over time that reflects about how you think of the other person is always in this sort of idealistic space and then you have the ideal having to combat and face against the actual person is the expectation the same as what they're actually going to be there in the sense of does this ideal image fit in with what this actual person is and you have this lovely tension that's at work within that very moment of an embrace that happens with Bear because there's that reflection of am i holding the person who i thought it was or am i holding a stranger And it would seem initially strange. Why would you say that the loved one who you've been separated from finally embraced again? Why would you say that person was a stranger? Because of that idealistic expectation. Because of the ideal taking the place of the actual person. Because then the ideal, you want it to become the person, but of course it's not. And then here we have an interesting psychological point that's Built upon as well, that he had to become the man who he was at the start of the pandemic, but he knew that this was not possible. He had changed, and the plague had introduced into him a detachment that he tried with all his strength to deny, but which nonetheless endured in him. And then you just think to yourself, reading that line, Oh, Rambert again. We've said this many times in the episodes so far, dealing with Rambert. Because he had an initial sense of it all this fighting a nice fighting spirit let's say about wanting to get out going through all the official channels he didn't see himself as a part of the town he was a journalist he wants to get out get back to his wife the official channel saying no Rambert, you can't leave because if we let you leave then we'd have to let everybody else in your situation leave it would be chaos so he goes to the underground he goes through all the shady ways in which to try and get out then he meets up with the contact gonzalez a footballer who's also knows these two guards who are at work at the gates and these people are being paid off and so the whole idea is for Rambert to stay with the guards in order for them to find a good time for him to make his escape and then as we said rambert doesn't do that he decides to stay takes that very utilitarian sort of stance he wants the greatest amount of happiness for the greatest amount of people doesn't want to be happy by himself why because that would be something shameful and we also said at the time for them there's the tension that dr rio as well as jean tarot as characters draw out of him if you focus on the happiness for everybody then you'll not be happy yourself at all in fact you'll be miserable you'll share in everybody else's misery and you'll not have another chance at happiness whatsoever so this is one of the things in which john Tyrot is more or less goading him in to go in the first place is that if you don't go you'll be miserable if you do then you'll be happy as well as dr rio saying there's no shame at all in seeking his own happiness so we had all that and then what do we learn ultimately that he becomes detached in part five and this is nicely fitted into the way in which dr rio as a character as well has become more and more detached as he's went through and had that again another nice tension between the whole idea of doing his job as a doctor healing people and then just going through the motions of that and having no really passion or conviction for what he was doing and that sort of sense of helplessness at the same time so here we have the whole idea that rambert himself has also led into the sense of a detachment and then we come into that fantastic line happiness arrives at full speed joy is a searing emotion that cannot be savored and what is it really getting at here is that we have this fantastic moment of loved ones being reunited at the train station as it says in that moment we have such a beautiful scene everybody's reunited everybody's joyful and happy and at the same time this whole sense of joy as well as the celebration of the town as well is only just temporary things in which what will happen that'll end by the next day or week or month or however long it's just a very temporary thing and then what'll happen of course to their whole relationship it'll eventually go back to how it was previously and then what are all those things gonna do is have all those things between the tensions of the ideal and the actual sort of pop-up there as well is the person i think the same person that is in front of me it's another nice way of putting it as well and all those different tensions that can be in a relationship and so let's continue on from Rambert into a discussion of dr rio then so dr rio continues on to do his doctor's rounds even after the plague's infection rate goes straight rock bottom numbers why is he still doing his job because as it lovely says there as well there is no holiday for the sick and what does he do he visits an old asthmatic man that's on his doctor's rounds says to dr rio tell me doctor is it true they're going to put up a monument to the victims of the plague So the papers say, a pillar or a plaque. I knew it, and there'll be speeches. The old man gave a strangled laugh. I could hear them already. Are dead, dot, dot, dot. Then they'll go have dinner. And so it really touches upon a really interesting point. And this is towards the end of part five as well and you can see how it's nicely related into the end of world war ii at the same time that there'll be memorials constructed in order to honor those people that have died and it'll all be just part of a day let's say and of course fantastic example of remembrance day november 11th in which everybody has that whole sense of remembering the sacrifices everybody made in world war ii why was that the case because everybody was fighting for freedom and for democracy and it's because of all their sacrifices that we're able to have free choice free thought as well as democratic system so we have all that within that one day But then, as the old asthmatic says, are dead, dot, dot, dot. Then they'll go have dinner. So what can we say here that it's trying to get at the deeper points of? Is that we go back into thinking of a specific event only in a daily sense. For once a year, let's say. And a good example that pops up in the book is all souls day which is that christian day of remembrance the celebrations of that day don't happen whatsoever as well as the event the feast of the dead doesn't happen whatsoever why is that because during the whole plague death is a thing that people have to think of all the time just like in our current situation as well is something that's constant it's something that's intrusive it's a great word intrusive because it's always there so when we think about death and memorials then it again would be in that whole sense of well once an event is finished you only want to think about it maybe every once a year like remembrance day or all souls day for remembrance of the dead and so you don't want it to be an intrusive thing and so overall what can we say that after the memorials are constructed and so on everybody will return back going to their everyday lives again and this is also without a care or consideration for how comparable contemporary events may be occurring in the world as well so a good example of this is the way in which you have the whole idea of memorials constructed in order for it to honor an event like world war ii thought of once a year as we're saying molded as a nationalistic thing all the lives of people are molded for nationalistic purposes everybody fighting for the freedom of whatever country is as people then you have all that celebration of that day you have all the celebration of all the sacrifices that are made all very nationalistic what's not done of course is that relation into contemporary situations why is that important because you don't want a repetition of the past and this is the irony of course is that within the celebration of the events itself is that there's no comparison to say well because of x war that's currently happening at this given period in time between whichever countries and wherever it is in the world and so on then surely here we should use this event to say that war shouldn't occur again in the future because of all this horror because of all the deaths and so on why is it a thing that's keep on happening again and again and again pushing aside all ideological differences pushing aside all political matters just taking it straight up as people fighting and death and reflecting upon the human condition then you can get into the nice comparable relations back into for various different wars and battles and so on that happen and so what is one way in which we can say rather than just going they'll make a speech and then dot 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 they'll go to dinner is to not just try and think about it that one time of the year really that sort of camus touching upon there that precisely you have contemporary situations like wars happening in the world and there is this whole sense of taking a sort of activist stance and doing activist style work and to fight against these horrific events because of the matters not of politically or ideologically but just in the sense of a human condition aspect of it because these are people's lives and that death in itself is a horrific thing and so you can see what the sense of which Really, that Camus also saying there that it shouldn't just be just reflected upon one day. and of course, another great example out with of war and so on is famine in Africa, and of course that's a thing in which you've had various different examples here in the u k fantastic things all set up to try and combat the whole idea and show everybody the horror of famine in africa like live aid was a great one and which you had various different musicians so forth and trying to combat famine in africa but it's that whole point that yes it's made to everybody's eyes and brought to everybody's attention everybody can see the horror and this may last like let's say a couple of weeks or a month or however long the event happens but once that happens what will everybody do forget about him they cared for as long as it was within the public's eyes but what is here Camus saying well the whole sense of caring for other people shouldn't just be in the sense that we should stop caring about people just because it's not within the immediate media attention of it. The horrible events are still an ongoing thing in which people need to speak up and precisely organize protests or at least participate in activist action about what is going on in the world and never stop sort of persisting and trying to continue on the work even if it's not within that immediate attention within the wider population of what's going on and so really even though in part five we have this whole joyous celebration because the plague has diminished or really the numbers have lowered to such an extent that it's no longer a problem anymore and there's this whole sense of people wanting to get to uh, an idea of normality again and this whole sort of sense of returning back to a normal life at the same time as this there's this whole idea that the plague is in fact still out there and a funny image or humorous image that pops into mind is from halloween when Jamie Lee Curtis looks out the window and sees Michael Myers sort of hiding behind a bush and then all of a sudden she has a second look and then suddenly Michael Myers has disappeared again and that's sort of in the sense that you have for the plague this sort of "ooh, I'm just hiding behind this bush just lurking there in the distance and you have this within the plague itself as it rounds off it has all within this moments of trying to get to a sense of normality that at any given point in time this whole daily routine can again be shaken up and forces us into this moment of an existential crisis so let's go through some of the things in which it covers for how the plague is still there so as it says in the hearts of the townspeople and we've sort of covered this already in the sense of that when people try to get back to a normal life and even try to put it out of their minds completely it'll still be within their hearts as jean tarot said so it'll still have that unconscious level effect within our daily routine and daily lives even if we're not immediately aware of it and of course after any horrific event it's going to leave its scars upon us then the next point is for those people and families with loved ones still in hospitals fighting the plague, and this is sort of said towards the start of part five where you have these whole numbers suddenly diminished everybody's ready to start celebrating but then it makes that remark what about the people that's still in hospital there's still going to be people in hospital needing to recover from it there's going to be people that still get infected despite all the low numbers here we have this select group that then has to go through this whole process that the larger majority of people have been through before and then we also have the sense in which it says for those people who have lost any loved ones or family members as well or even let's say just friends or acquaintances that you just know and that's that whole relation again in which you can say that not only are there going to be people in hospital fighting the disease but it'll also leave an impact upon the countless number of people that have died from COVID and all the amount of impact on everybody's lives in the world from the loss of all those people. And then we also have the sense in which it's said that the plague itself and infection itself is never, in a sense, truly defeated. So that's, in a sense, we could relate it back into michael myers or another sort of horror character as you like that sense of an impending force that will always be there ready to come back at any point so here you have the case of the plague in which it said at towards the end of part five within the last few sentences it lies awaiting there In the briefcases in the attic, or just within locations and so forth, just ready to be unearthed or uncovered, and then suddenly, ah, it's the plague all over again. And even when we're getting into the sense of vaccines now, we're going to move forward, obviously, in this whole sense of going back to normality, but even people say that within this given process that we're in at the minute that you can't truly defeat covid or truly defeat an infection and it's still always going to be there so it's great how we again can relate this whole discussion back into our contemporary situation again that yes there's vaccines yes we're managing to fight the infection and horrible disease absolutely fantastically like in the story itself their prior efforts were just trying to do the best for people as best as they could and now also we're in a situation like they are where suddenly we're having an effect and able to more effectively combat COVID-19 but it's also in a sense that it's never truly defeated and even as an example as well that the bubonic plague itself was something that was in the news recently as it says from the article here yes the bubonic plague is still around why you don't need to worry from com, written by julia rise as it says here from july 7th 2020 and let's just quickly go through the bullet points it says here an outbreak of the bubonic plague in china has led to worry that the black death could make a significant return but experts say the disease isn't nearly as deadly as it was thanks to antibiotics the disease pops up every year in multiple countries including the u.s and just a little bit into the first couple of paragraphs health authorities in china have identified a new case of the bubonic plague the disease that triggered the black death pandemic back in the mid-1300s the new case which was confirmed on july 5th was found in a herdsman living in north city of Bayanur. so this is obviously something that immediately throws you into panic of course when you suddenly hear news of oh my god there's a case of the bubonic plague are we going to go back to the black death ah and of course it's one of those things that sends you into immediate panic and worry and what's so great about that little article just from the little snippet that we read it's one of those things that as we see Pops up about every single year, is cases, and what's great as well with the advances that we've had in contemporary medicine, what is effective against fighting the plague itself is, of course, an antibiotic. So, due to all that, there'll be nowhere near as a chaotic pandemic case as it was before but it's also interesting here that it backs up that statement you can never truly defeat something and it'll always just be sort of lurking in the background there for the plague itself so we can say in the sense that it's that lurking presence in the background both in a psychological sense have an effect upon the townspeople themselves as well as of course the environmental thing of it lurking somewhere in an attic or lurking somewhere out there in the world never being truly defeated and what is so good is to relate it back into precisely that sort of horror image of you managing to defeat michael myers but he's always coming back again and coming back again and so overall round enough. what can we say about part five then. After a horrific event, people like to put it out of their minds and return to a state of normality again. As it rounds off with Dr. Ryu stating that this continual return to a daily routine that we have and want in a state of normality is humanity's strength and innocence. Yet there is times when we must confront what seeks to shake up this routine, such as doing activist work against contemporary wars and violence however as dr ryu states to Tarot, we can always fight the good fight and must enjoy other things like bathing in the sea and what was so great with the brief conversation between Tarot and ryu is that little moment of i agree with everything that you're saying Tarot, as dr ryu says but let's take a break for a while let's go and enjoy ourselves And it's just that little idea there of still taking time to go and have pleasures in the little things in life, like going having a nice cup of tea or reading a chapter of a book or something like that to relax at the same time. And then what can we say? Life is simultaneously this tension of acting against horrific events and trying to enjoy the everyday novel and banal things. And... such a great way to really round off the plague as a whole really when you have this tension itself with a horrific event then trying to obviously have some semblance of normality within it trying to live your life as best you can within it but at the same time everybody in the story doing their best to try and help out everybody else in the situation the best that they can at the same time Many thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed my discussion of Albert Camus' The Plague Part 5 and that finishes our discussion of the book. Feel free to check out my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash philosophy drop me an email at my address dissectingphilosophy at gmail.com, tip me a coffee at coffeecom forward slash dissectingphilosophy ko-fi.com forward slash dissectingphilosophy and lastly I can be found on twitter at iamarubberman. Many thanks for listening and I hope you'll join me next time.